0: Gospel according to Luke, the third chapter. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people, the gospel of our Lord. whose love is like the sun warming me from the inside. If you are my home, then your word is the streetlight guiding me there. So I want you to know I am walking your way. We are walking your way. and We are looking for a light. And our feet are dirty. We've lost our way a time or two. And our bags are heavy. We're carrying an array of grief and fear on our backs. But we're on our way. We're looking. At my grandparents' house, there was a big iron farm bell that hung outside their kitchen garden. And no matter where you were on their place, when you heard that bell toll, You knew you were being called home.
1: The prophet Zechariah,
0: prophesying in the 7th century BCE, first tells Jerusalem that they will suffer catastrophe and destruction and exile. And then he concludes with these verses that we heard today. Now he promises Jerusalem and Zion, God's people, that despite their disobedience and the suffering that they have endured, God rejoices over them with singing and jubilation, reviving the metaphor of God's relationship to God's people as one of deep love and intimacy, like a marriage. The prophet promises God forgives them, and will gather them in and bring them home. John the baptizer, too, is calling God's people home. He begins in the verses we heard last Sunday with a call to repentance for the forgiveness of sins.
1: Sin is anything that
0: separates us from God anything that keeps us from being who God created us to be and to live according to God's commands. And unless we repent or turn away from sin, we cannot live in the fullness of God's love. Echoing the prophet Isaiah, John sets out some house rules for living as God's I remember some of the house rules my grandparents had.
1: The big ones were we had to have shoes on
0: to come to the dinner table, and you didn't pick up your fork until grandmommy had picked up hers. But others, like the dog staying off the furniture and writing down any long distance phone numbers we called. More than merely good manners, these house rules gave us structure and taught us how to live together. When John declares, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight, every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He is announcing what life together in God's kingdom looks like the valleys are filled and the mountains are made low the playing field is leveled, and it creates a just landscape where everyone can participate in God's kingdom here on earth without barriers or obstacles John's words prompt me to think about our house this sanctuary here at Ascension And how, despite our best efforts to love our neighbors, we still have barriers that keep people from coming into this house of worship. In our physical space, our restrooms aren't accessible. And if you can't navigate stairs, there's no way to move between the two floors of this building without going outside. And physical space is only one part of how we call people home and welcome people, that they would know God's love. We must recognize the way some of our structures and institutions are rotting or compromised or in need of repair. This is the call to God's people to clear the threshing floor and separate the wheat from the chaff, so that we may preserve what is good and reject and destroy the things that keep us from living faithfully as God's people. Hearing John's call, I wonder what it would take for us to remove barriers and expand our welcome and our ability to call people home to God's house here at Ascension. And I invite your curiosity and wonder, to Where might God be calling us to expand our welcome? The words can sound harsh, but neither Zephaniah nor John hold back when they address God's people. God is present in our midst, and that should disrupt our routines and get our attention.
1: God's abiding presence
0: with us and for us should not merely be a footnote in our lives. It should transform our ways of being with each other and in the world. So how might we reorder our house that it would better reflect God's kingdom, rejoicing over them. Zephaniah's invitation to God's people wasn't to return to what they had known and done before exile. It was an invitation into a new life with their God. We, too, are invited to look for the ways that God is redeeming our future. In this Advent season, we are invited to faithfully reimagine what coming home to God looks like, knowing that God rejoices over us and loves us. Let us pray. Ever welcoming us home. people, and be transformed by your radical welcome and unchanging love. We pray in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.